Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com golf. Fella. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is Rick Sockett, and you're listening to Missing Curfew. Welcome back to a fresh episode of Missing Curfew. I'm Shane O'Brien. And I'm across the computer screen. I'm your boy, the up dog. What's happening, Obes? Ups, man. This is, uh, I got to be honest, it's, it's, it's not the same, bud. It's not the same. It's, uh, you know, it's not the same as being in the studio. It's not the same. Right, let's, 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 hope, uh, let's hope the sound sounds great. You know, we're missing the quality sound that we get over at Hall Pass Studios, you know, looking yeah. across from you. But, you know, Independence Day weekend, I'm looking at you. You got that sick painting that our boy Evan Knapp got, uh, Got you behind yeah. your head for your housewarming gift. A little yeah. celebration of America. How was your? Uh, how was the fourth there in Newport Beach, fella? It, it was good. We missed you, buddy. We missed you a lot. Of, a lot of the fellas were out of town, but we we turned the clocks back a little bit. Uh, Loops had a party on the Sunday. I was I was you know what, man? I've been hurting all week, bro. I, I, my body was like in one. So Sunday we turned the clocks back. It wasn't quite like you know back in the day shakers, but we pulled her together for for a last minute shaker. But you were missed. PJ was missed. Stu Cat was missed, but we had uh, we had Jody and Pico to, to for the original nice, game. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah, so the guest list, uh, it, it was probably a little slim, but uh, it worked magic, right? How was old Loop Dog doing? Is he the same? Is he the same now hosting the parties as he was back then? I admit, every time he's like, fuck, you know, I think some, you know, Toronto's got their eyes on me. I don't know. We shouldn't have the party this year. I'm like, are you nuts? We're yeah, he was, throw a shaker. How was he this year? Yeah, he was definitely not worried about that. He was good. He, uh, <laughs> Fired up some dogs for the boys. We played. Uh, he somehow got us all to go out there and play volleyball, which was. I'm hurt today. My, my fucking right forearm up. He's so in one from playing volleyball. Like right from here all the way down. It's just in one. But we played three uh, games, I think. 
Do not fuck the pickleball up or the golf, bro. No, it's not <laughs> worth. It's not worth it for the volleyball. I know. Let's just say we weren't great. We weren't great out there. It was. Uh, we lost the Pico's team, but it was. It was nice to be back out there. It's hard to jump in the sand. No, there's nothing better. I, I did actually talk to Loops that morning, um, and it looked nice. The weather, the bikinis were out. I'm like, fuck. This has been a. I, I don't miss too many of those. You know, bikinis, I like to be there. The bikinis were out, and like the bikinis I, were out, weren't they? I don't know, like these girls, I don't know. They could be like 18 or you don't know. Like they could be, it's crazy. I mean, these the bikinis they're making nowadays, like I don't know what they cost, but I mean, they, they got to be a good product <laughs> because there's not much to them. Hops. There's not much to them. <laughs> oh, that's good. So I, I got up the mountains. I came Friday with uh, birthday boy, our boy, shout out to Cody Live over. We're doing a little birthday dinner for him tonight here in Aspen. Um so anyway, yeah, we came up, we had a great weekend. Uh, this group of guys here in Aspen, they throw these parties called the Buckhorn Social Club. And if it's anything but Burning Man just stuck on top of a mountain cliff, it was exactly that. Great tunes, people dressed up, um, great bar they set up. It was, it was at the Smuggler Mine here in Aspen. For anyone that's ever been to Aspen, this, this old mine is a place you'd either hike or mountain bike. And they turned it into this super cool, like, hip trippy um pretty good psychedelic party but it, it turned out it turned out to be good rode your you rode our electric bikes up park those party till about 10 30 um and then all got on the bikes went back downtown we we called it you know we called it early i was up the next morning at buddy you would have yeah, this was full up dog it was about 7 30 in the morning christina wakes up she's like someone needs to go put the chairs down on the main street so we have a spot to sit and there's like 15 of us at least with the kids and everything so I just pop out of bed, obes, I'm, I'm take the dog for, for a walk and a piss, grab a coffee. And I, and I huck down with like 12 chairs. Good thing. I see Cody walking his dog downtown because I'm like, buddy, I need help. Like we need to get this area. So we go and the last little spot available was ours. And it was right on the main drag and 11 AM came and it was, I mean, they throw such a cool little parade for the kids and everything. So city of Aspen for, uh, for killing that. And then, um, Today I got on the workhorse, buddy. I did a little hike up Smuggler. I broke my best time, 21 and a half minutes. And then we just got back from a two-hour bike ride up in the hills. Me, Cody, K-Wash, and our boy, our boy Eric Dolly. So Dolly, that guy's a fucking beauty. Tell him I said what's up. Tell him he's I said what's up. Fuck is he traveling the world? No one lives a better life than this guy. Ask he that just, guy if he's, he's gonna be is he gonna be in Europe in August? Because I'd like to maybe cross paths. He is with him. in Europe in August. Fuck send him he's in number. Europe in August, and then he's going to um he's back here for four days and he's going to Burning Man, which I think might be a nice fella tour the Burning Man. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh <laughs> Princey, what's up, fellow Princey sitting in with the boys? How was your candidate, Princey? Boys, I'm I'm back. You guys brought me in. You know, it's the dog days of the summer here. You guys brought me in. You need a little bit of help here. But no, my candidate was good, man. Just hanging out with the family, taking a little bit of breather. We've been going hard on the hockey content. Even though I wasn't on the fellow tour, I'm still cranking out the content at home. So <laughs> it was nice to get a little breather and hang with the family for a little bit. I was, I was teeing it up out in Saskatchewan. How's your pod going with your boy on the Flames? What's what's your pod called for the Flames again? Flames, Flames it's Nation? Well, I'm doing stuff with Flames Nation. So that's the yeah. number one uh, Flames fan site uh, in Calgary. And uh, I do a bunch of different podcasts with them. One called Shot Down in Flames. where We kind of look back at uh, some old school Flames. We were talking about Kami and Rhett Warner. And uh, they're saving the O'Brien stories. They're trying to get the <laughs> O'Brien stories out of me. And I'll say, oh, I'll get it to hop on and snap it around with us a little bit here. So we'll save the good ones for later. 
It, it won't be a very long podcast to do my Calgary Flames career, but it'll take about seven minutes. We could do a seven-hour <laughs> podcast ripping on Bob Hartley if you want. I got no problem doing that. I got no problem doing that. Um, Princey, thanks for sitting in with the fellas here. Up dog, um, like I said, fella, it's not the same as being in the studio, but um, UFC 276, I want to talk about it. Uh, we all agreed the fights were shit besides uh, Robbie Lawler, but how about that entrance by Adesanya to the Undertaker fucking theme music? That it was, was insane. That was insane. It was, and, and I kind of called it right away. I'm like, where is that? Where's the fucking... Uh, who was our boy with Undertaker? Who is the guy? The, Paul the Bear. Fuck? Paul like, Bear. Where the fuck's Paul Bear? I can't believe I didn't think. I, I said the, the same fuck's thing. Paul Bear. Um, he's dead. <laughs> and then like you couldn't really. See, yeah, he's. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> no kidding, he's dead. He, you he, couldn't really he see a mix the name. Salad. You couldn't really see like the full the full name of it, Obes. But it was like, does that say fucking like Jeremy or someone on there? Like uh, on the you know, and then sure enough, of course he brings in like. The, you know the fucking ashes of the guy he's gonna yeah, uh, kick sure. his ass it would have been nice a little extra fucking fuck you in the ring would have been nice yeah those, it's just a little like i mean yeah. the way he fights like he's you know you're not gonna hit him the guy's a little fucking long i don't even think he got punched really and i took the underdog i mean it was plus 500 basically like so to be 500 to win 2500 on DraftKings. i'm like this is this is a no-brainer and i actually had one <laughs> I took the fight before Volk of our boy Volky. That guy was just throwing absolute haymakers. That guy is tough. I want I want that guy to piss in the cup because his head gets bigger every <laughs> fucking tilt. His head every time I see him fight, his head gets bigger and bigger. Up dog, real quick about DraftKings. I keep getting this guy texting me. I think his name's Mike. I'm in the VIP program because of my fucking game five debacle in Denver. You are. He's like, hey, uh, uh, Shane, so and so from DraftKings here. Uh, Anytime you need to get taken care of, let me know. <laughs> All because of like probably the 10k I lost on the fucking abs there in game five. <laughs> I mean, it was it was gonna be a banger. Could you imagine how bad you would have felt coming home from the trip had they won? I still might be there. Had they won, I still I might know. be there. We're gonna get into all the parade stuff here in a little bit, but um yeah, if, if they had one up, I might still be there, although I might be dead after because I was hurting after three days. But uh, so I wanted to talk to you about um, our boy, Chris Shuppy. I forgot to mention it last week. Uh, halt ALS. They had a golf tournament for him in Jersey. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't get out there to see it. But, um, you know, I saw Shuppy out there making some putts and, and uh, it's just sad, but awesome at the same time. Yeah, no, Mel's did a great job, you know, helping sort this out again. Once again, he, you know, Kevin O'Malley does such a great job for for Shuppy and taking care of him and helping out with ALS and Halt ALS. But it was nice. Big Sexy made his way out there. I was getting the play-by-play from our boy, Big big Mike Morris. Um, you know, it's just crazy. Crazy to see, you know, how, um, you know, how he's been affected the last couple of years. And just every time you see him, you, you know, you – you hope you get to see him again. So shout yeah. out to all those guys for, for uh, spending that time with them and, and supporting the cause, and, you know, here from our, you know, our crew at missing curfew, man, we, we, we do what we can to help that uh, help our, our boy out. Yeah. Well said that's, that's exactly, you know, when we saw him at his tournament in you know November, we played in the hockey tournament. That's, you know, it was such a great weekend, but that's what I thought too. I'm like, I hope I see Shuppy again. And uh, he's still fighting. So Shupper keep fighting. We love you here at missing curfew. Prince, you can jump in this one after the updog because you're a good Western leaguer yourself. The Memorial Cup, congratulations to the St. John Sea Dogs. Um, I was pulling for the Hamilton Bulldogs upie. I'm an I'm a Ontario boy, as you know. Mason McTavish, I loved. 
ups. They lost in the first round, St. John. They had 39 days off or something, and they still win the World Cup. I don't know, man. It, it left a little – do we need to fix this system kind of? I mean, part of yeah, – that's why this trophy will never be, you know, the one that you say is the hardest one to win, and it's solely because of that. I mean, trying to win a WHL championship or an OHL championship, you know, it's it's as grueling as Stanley Cup playoffs. It's four rounds. It's beating each other up in best of sevens. Um, you know, I, I was part of hosting a Royal Bank Cup. So, you know, tier two junior for all us Canadians up there. And, you know, we we did the job of understanding, okay, like we're, we're hosting this. We're pouring money into this event. We got to, you know, help build our team and structure it right. But then we got to be able to compete. Um, and we were one of the teams, fortunately enough, that went through the playoffs, through what's called, you know, even the Doyle Cup, where we play off against BCJ. And then that winner, which was us, we got to go to the World Bank Cup. And then they brought the runner up, which touches on the topic of, of what we're talking about here. You know, it's been like this for, you know, as long as I can remember in the WHL, the Memorial Cup was hosted by a team that got their free entry in. You just hope that those guys had to battle you know, throughout the playoffs and get bumped up and get bruised. And, and then going into the Mem Cup, it was more fair, fair yeah. to say. Didn't you have to have, like, you obviously have to have a good brink, but you, you need to have a good team too, right? Like, Princey, you don't just need to be, like, you can't just anybody can host a king. Like, you have to have a good team, don't you? Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm probably the right person to speak to this too because I, I kind of came from the same league as Updog in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. I was with the Brooks Bandits too. And we actually were applying for, it was called the RBC Cup at the same time. We were applying for it. And there's a certain criteria that you have to make. You have to have a certain seating capacity. You've got to be able to sell liquor. You've got to have merchandise, all kinds of stuff like that. And yeah, you do have to have a, a winning record. Like the, the last place team, like no no disrespect to the old Grizzlies, but those guys couldn't do it because they kept losing every single year. So uh, I, I, I agree with you guys on that too. Um, the tough part about me is for, uh, the city itself too. the whole city. A lot of them rely, rely on it for tourism. Yeah. They rely on it for money and the team relies on it for money too. Um, if that team is the host, they get, I, you know, I can't say how much, but they get a portion of that money. You know, that might get them a new jumbotron next year. That might get them the locker room upgrades and that kind of stuff too. So I see it both ways. It kind of sucks that, you know, your the host team wins it, but there's a benefit to being the host. I'm choked that the COVID year took it out in Kelowna. It was supposed to be in yeah. Kelowna last year. That would have been, that would have been national league or Western I'll, league. I'll tell you what though, those fans in St. John up dog and your boy Hubie played there. So Hubie was in the barn. I saw Hubie supporting his old team and, yeah, we, we talk about college and you know, being alumni. We don't have that in, in CHL, but to see a Hubie there was pretty cool. And those fans, I've never been to St. John, but they were rocking up, dog. Have you ever partied there or been out there? I have never been to New Brunswick, no. But yeah. to me, it reminded me of Halifax, you know, being in that World Junior Tournament in Halifax. So the Maritime people, man, they're, they're very grateful. They know how to fucking drink beer. They love hockey, and they support, like, their local communities more than you've ever probably witnessed in, in you know – uh in our in our day it's it's a it's something special these people live and breathe you know sports and and it's just great it's you know understanding junior hockey kids that are 16 to 19 and you know the memories they make leaving the game um it's truly amazing for a guy like hubie to ju to jump back and, and go to this and support them you know prince you said Kelowna. Kelowna Kelowna's hosted i don't know how many memorial cups since i've left but it's been a couple um, great place to be. All those guys go back for alumni all the time. Um, so that is something special. It'll be that, that, you know, we didn't go to college, but we always have that special bond, like with our, with our teammates back, you know, when we we're just teenagers and kids.
What's Kamloops Barn like? Have they ever hosted one? Kamloops has had, well, they won three in the 90s. No, I know, but is their barn sick or no? They got a good barn, great barn. <laughs> we actually could, had like at the time they host in 2001, one? we redid a we redid our room and it was fucking tits. Like it, I'd never been in an NHL room at the time. And I'm like, this is badass. This is gonna, this is why kids like want to come play here. It's because they treat you like a pro. Now, I scored a few goals in that barn, haven't been back there in a long time, but we it was always a tough place to play. It had great sound, you know, great sound. Fucking just a good junior team, a good junior barn, like good you know, twenty five. Good unis, great unis. Yeah, I've always liked the Camloops Blazers unis. Yeah, uh, my my junior rank was the opposite. You've been to the new barn. You saw tragically hit play in Kingston. Our old barn, the old Kingston Memorial Center. I had the other feeling up. I make the team and I walk in the dressing room and I'm like, this is it. This is this is yeah. OHL. Maybe I made a mistake here. My stall was like. Being a rook was like beside the fucking garbage can. I'm like, Jesus, this is this is what I worked hard for. So you're right. When you walk into a good room, it makes you feel more like this is this is nice. Cause I felt like, man, I was kind of let down. Yeah. And man, when teams win, like I don't know about your guys' Kingston team, but when teams win, like Camelops and go, yeah, they go through those, they were like a, a dynasty, a junior dynasty in the 90s. Um, they pour money back into the team. What can I say? People buy season tickets, people support them, it's sold out every night. You know, that's something that uh, teams with winning traditions, you know, they have in their back pocket. So they better spend it on the kids. You're only paying them 80 bucks. You're paying yeah. them 80 bucks every we two sh- weeks. You better- we should have bought a junior team. We'd be rolling in it right now. Like, yeah, like the hunters in right. London. Hey, you got a hot tub back there on that patio or what? Uh, this patio right here. No, the hot tub's on the backside, eh? Oh, okay. Yeah. That looks like a nice place to have a soak there or a beer. Yeah, it's a little. Cigar. Cigar? Yeah, I do have a stogie. I yeah, have a yeah. fucking box of stogies that I haven't got into, and I deserve one after the fucking lung episodes I did today. <laughs> Don't burn down Aspen, though. I smoke responsibly. Don't burn down Aspen with the fucking Cuban. <laughs> no, we got a little rain today, so if you're going to have the fire, I think you have her today. I want to give one more shout-out to this: the coach of the Sea Dogs, Gardner McDug- McDougal. Is that how you say it, Prince? McDougal. 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 Yeah. This guy's a beauty. He won the uh, college hockey and the and the Memorial Cup. First coach to ever do that. They hired him after they got lost in the first round. He had that unbelievable quote about Lady Momentum that went, I think, viral in Canada, didn't it, Princey? <laughs> it did, yeah. Yeah, he's just a beauty. He's missing a couple teeth back here. He's got a duster. I'm like, this guy, this guy is going to have a good time after they win it. So congrats to <laughs> them. Just- yeah, I think we should. I think we should give him a little credit and maybe read it so our listeners know what the hell we're talking about. Great, but it. he goes into the into the lady miss lady momentum, and he's like, "We all have special ladies in our lives: our grandmothers, mothers, wives. I have a daughter. I have sisters. <laughs> but the key to success tonight was a lady called Lady Mo, Miss Lady Momentum. Sometimes she's hard to find. <laughs> you don't know how long she's going to stay with you. We're lucky tonight that we found and she stayed with us." That's just beauty. That's just a beauty guy. That's just fucking probably had a couple beers after they won. and was like, yeah, this is what this is what sometimes up. she's hard to find. I was like, yeah, sometimes, sometimes she's hard, hard to, find to find that girl in the bar too. That you think's a gamer. Which one's hey, a gamer over there? Yeah. Which one's a gamer? Other times she's hard to kick out too. Eh? So you never know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, God, I called this girl at Uber 15 minutes ago. She won't get out of here. So um, yeah, congrats to them. Uppy. Well done. That quote was legendary stuff. So uh, moving on to our first segment presented by our good friends at Good Life promo code curfew. curfew. It's just the cup parade up, dog. Um, I don't know why I always thought up about the parade to me was like, I don't know. I thought 
I was first of all worried about maybe missing the parade, right? Being the guy that's like, where's Obes? He finally went to bed four days later and he fucking missed the parade. So that was in the back of my mind. But I don't know. I was just so, I always thought I'd be so excited to win one for the first two or three days that I'd be going so hard that the parade wouldn't be a big deal. But after seeing it this year and, and maybe all the time, it's like the one day where anything goes. Like you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I say I think because I don't know because I haven't won. But like when, when you start to go down the stretch, you're in the conference finals, you're, you're now like, you know, say eight wins away, six wins away. Holy shit, we're in the con. Now we're in the finals with four wins away. Oftentimes in the back of your head, you're thinking about like, holy shit, we might see the Stanley Cup. We might touch it. We might hoist it. Um, we might get a day to spend with it. What would that day be like? You know, those are kind of the things that, you naturally come into your mind. Uh, at least they were with me. Um, the parade was, I don't know if you're like, fuck, we get to fucking like yeah. just ravish this town and absolutely go buck diddy. And the more buck diddy we go, the cooler we're going to be. Yeah. Like, like, you know I, what nev- I, mean? I never the teams I- that fucking yeah. go crazy. That's the ones that people remember. Like remember those guys, remember the capitals, right. When they were just fucking doing their thing and, all just getting soaked in the fountain and chugging beers everywhere. There's a lot of good beer chugs there too. Lots of good beer chugs. Randy did the chug through the through his jersey. Typical fin. Hey, those those fins are fucking. Um, our boy Bull Byram, poor boy. So he looks so young. The cop thought he was a fan. And the guy's like, "I'm on the team, fella. I'm on the team." <laughs> I just turned 21, bud. You can't take my beer away either. No, it, it was great. I mean, and then Landy. I mean, Landy with his tarp off, with the Swedish flag around him. He texted me back, I think probably the day after the parade. And he was just like, oh, be thanks, buddy. I know you you guys at Mr. Curfew had us all year, blah, blah, blah. I uh, hope you won some cash and fuck, I'm on a bender or something. I'm like, as you should be. But when he had the tarp off with the Swedish flag, I was like, this guy's a legend. Just yeah, jacked. No, no he, he is jacked. Yeah, he plays such a good game. Um, pro- proven now, a proven winner, a proven leader. Not, not, not that he needed to prove his leadership. I think, you know, knowing you and your experience with him as a young captain, and then just witnessing kind of the teams that they've had, you know, the last couple of years and, and the success they've found yet to win, um, you know, well, well on her job. And uh, they're the team to beat again. He can't help but say that these guys aren't just going to be buzzing next year. Probably they just goalie. Yeah, they just re-signed Cogliano. They gave Cogs one year, 1.25, which is a classy play by Sackick, right? He comes in there, yeah. blue guy, fuck, you reward him. That was like the one year with, with the Blues. And I know you love Army and... I have nothing but respect for Army, but they win the Stanley Cup and they don't, they don't re-sign the big rig. Like, you can't give the hometown kid a one-year deal for fucking one or two million bucks, whatever he got. Like, I think that's... You you you, you reward the veterans ups like that. Yeah. Like, one-year deal is huge for Cogs. No, it's... You know, we were we were criticizing Cogs uh, a lot last couple of years, um, you know, but what he did in the playoffs and what Sackick was able to do, bringing in guys like him and Manson and um, Lekkanen, you know, he, he he basically, you know, provided their their go-to guys uh, a secondary line of offense, of defense and, and you know, scoring. They fucking – Lekkanen scored a bunch of goals. Cogliano chipped in, scored a couple goals. Um, Manson, sure, Manson was playing above his, his pay grade and skill level. So you need those guys to step up to win championships. And, and a guy like Cogs getting that deal is great. It was awesome. And – uh, McKinnon, Nate dog after nine years gets his first cup. And I love how he puts Sid on the spot. He's like, they asked him if he's going to be at his, uh, 
at the Stanley Cup party. He's like, he better be because I was the drunkest guy at both of his. So now it's he put a little pressure on Sid, not just to show up, but to have a time ups. I think those boys uh, at the end of every season, they go off and have a time. So uh, as you know, you've seen them. But um, <laughs> I've actually it's it's pretty special for him to be able to do that because Sid being his idol, Sid winning all those cups and, and, you know, when they train together, I know that he's, I know that in the back of McKinnon's mind, when he's training, he wants to be better than, than Crosby. He sees the Stanley cups on the gym wall. And, and that's, you know, something that uh, you wake up every day for and want to be better. So congrats to him. And I hope Sid, uh, I hope Sid just can, he can walk out of the party. Hopefully you don't want to be crawling. Tie one on for the boys. Tie one on. Yeah, for the yeah. Boys, Sid. Get after it, Sid. Are we going to try to crash a Stanley Cup party or what? I still think we try to crash Bull Byron's Stanley Cup party. I just say we show up. That's the intent. Good content. Good content. I'm going for Makar's. I know it's going to be in Calgary. I'm going. Yeah, yeah. You got to reach out to Makar actually here. I think we need you to, yeah. I got my ins. I got my guys. I'll give him a little bit of time. You know, he's a he's a little polite guy. You saw him then when they were chatting MVP at the parade. He's pointing to Devon Taves like he's a very humble human being. So I got my guy. I'm gonna get through to him and I'll sneak into that <laughs> cup party and get us some content for missing curfew. Yeah, I love oh, it. Boy. I love it. Another thing, Bednar, a guy that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, mainly about his style. Fuck his suits are nationally as we all know, but just seeing him get emotional and I don't know. I always bring up Bob Hartley on this podcast, but I was just sitting like, well, let's go back and bring up Hartley's speech from 01 when they won. I'm pretty sure Bob wasn't up there crying over how much these guys meant to him. Like, it was good to see a coach realize the sacrifices those boys made for him. Not not just their teammates, but they made for Bednar. To see him get choked up like that, I thought it was like, just like pure, you know what? Uh, witnessing, witnessing Jared speak throughout the playoffs and getting a firsthand look of it in Edmonton, this guy, he's very humble. He's very soft-spoken. You know he cares about his team. I think he has a great support staff in and around him. A shout-out to Ray Bennett, a first-time Stanley Cup winner. He's my assistant coach in, in St. Louis for Is that Runkle? Years. That's Runkle from California Case. There's two, there's two, to there's two Runkles in, t- in the NHL. I'm like, up, your boy got hired by fucking Stevie Y uh, in Detroit. Detroit. You're like, no, it's different Runkle. I'm like, fuck, they look alike. They're both bald. <laughs> um, so, so, listen, and, and just – what you just said, like certain coaches, you know, have their teams back no matter what, like, you know, going into whether it's sticking up for them to have a night out after a win or sticking up for a player who's getting backlash in the media or anything like that. You know, a guy like Jared is, is firsthand and, um, you know, seeing the emotion come out of him to me, that's just, that's just an outpouring of like being caught up in the playoffs for so long. And then finally yeah. like achieving your goal and being on stage and seeing just, this collection of fans and people and friends and family that you've, you've got in one place to celebrate, you know, what you were able to do with this group of guys. I think it just overpowered him with emotion and tears started coming out and fuck. He's probably just hung over. He probably hadn't slept either. So he was fucking, he was just too, like, he was like me when I get all emotional at a concert with the boys. Hey, I love you. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you talk about like emotionally done and, um, you know, I, I, I've been talking to John Cooper since the series ended and he's in Gaza Ranch now where he should be playing golf. And, you know, I asked him if he wanted to come on the podcast the next couple of weeks just because, you know, we're so proud of everything they went through and done. And he's just like, you know what, Obes? I'm just done with hockey right now. Like, I just can't 100%. even. Like, he's like, I can't even even think about talking about it. And like, I love you and ups, but like, I'm going to Gaza to play golf and fucking just imagine like everything they've been through, right? I'd be like, yeah. just be like, all right, I need a couple months here just to decompress no i think you know 
I think you even pointed out like mid series. It's like, man, it's just been so much hockey, so much, so many moments, so much ups and downs and injuries. And you can tell like, you know, his, his speech the day after, you know, when they packed up their gear, um, the way he explained his guys and what they've been through was like nothing he'd ever seen in hockey. And, and Coop's been around the game a long time knowing the sacrifice that these guys made, knowing a guy like Corey Perry, three finals in a row. And, you know, he cares about the guys that haven't won yet, that were on that team, that were sacrificing so much. And that, and again, to be so close. Um, it just means a lot. And we're talking about coaches here that that love their team and and that are emotionally invested day in, day out throughout a full hockey season. Coop is one of those guys. And God damn it, he should take a break. Yeah. That guy should be sitting at the tree bar right now. I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him. Yeah, I'm going at that tree bar right now, having a nice cold fucking tequila soda with a little splash of pineapple juice. Have a stogie. <laughs> Just enjoy yourself. I'm going to see him. I might wait till you get back so maybe we both can go, but I'm yeah. going to, I'm yeah, going yeah, to let's see him. Do it. I'm going to see him. Um, yeah, congrats. What do you think real quick about that Nick Paul contract? Seven years for fucking three million. That one, is that a good one for... I, I don't know. I good don't one for the Lightning. So. I don't know. I think it's good for yeah, the Yeah, it's a great one for the Lightning. And I mean, if if what Nick Paul wanted was security um, and to be on a winning team, like again, Tampa Bay, you have Vasilevsky locked up. You got Hedman. You got, you know, Kucherov. You got Stammer. You, you, you have the core group of guys. Nick Paul was arguably one of their best two-way forwards, all playoffs. For him to know that he's saving, you know, his 10, 12% on taxes, He's probably got young kids and I don't know, I'm not speaking for him, but he's, he's happy. He's now, he's not a guy anymore that is going to be suitcased around. He's yeah, fucking, he found his team. Um, you know, Co- Cody, our boy Cody, who would be the GM of my team, if I ever owned a hockey team, he was like, you know, I don't like the deal. I think he could have got more, um, you know, seven years. Hopefully the cap goes up. Hopefully things start to figure itself out and, and NHL players start to make a little bit more money, more money that they're that that I think they deserve. Um, that seven year deal, it might come back to kind of pinch him in the ass. Yeah, that one might. He might near the end. He might be like, "Fuck, I should have taken a four year yeah, deal or well, something like that." But. Like, what if he pops off next year and gets like twenty five and sixty five points? Yeah, you know, you're worth fucking five million then. Yeah, and the cap's going up to like. I mean, we had Bill Daly on Cooley's show last week, and like in three years, they're saying like it could be a hundred million the cap. Yeah, yeah. Like it can once go they up pay like, back all the escrow, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be like hundred bananas. Um, and and for the Lightning too, like you know, it's it, it's sinking in that they trade Ryan McDon- McDonough right to Nashville. Great pickup for Smashville. Now, if they can resign Philip Forsberg, it doesn't look like they're going to. We're going to get into some UFA stuff, but like to have to trade Ryan McDonough, that that's just it realizes the cap situation. So Coop, enjoy Gazer Ranch. Congrats to the Avalanche. They're still partying. Princey put up a video of them doing push-ups with the cup in the back alley. I don't know necessarily, I'd be, or bench press. Up, I don't know if I'd be doing that with the cup. I'd, there'd be a few things higher on my list before, hey, boys, let's go in the back alley and bench press this thing. But, hey, if you win it, you can do whatever the fuck you want with it. Right, Uppy? <laughs> Buddy, that's what it's there for. And fuck, was it, that hey. video of them at that same table. That Mind you, this is the same fucking table at Dirk's Family Bar that we watched game four in. You know that. Mm-hmm. And watching him fucking try to keep that cup up and fall and hit this head oh my god and our boy shout out to our boy rick rowley for his, <laughs> the artistic fucking breakdown of what the hell happened 
I mean, Listen, I, he's I, lucky he didn't break his fucking face. I like Curtis McDermott. I, you know, he's he fought Revo this year. He played well when he played defense. And he played forward. He got mad at me. I chirped him about being a bad forward. But he's a friend of – he likes missing curfew. So, I just don't know how how you drop it this way. Like, I just don't know how you drop her that way. Like, I'm sure, Uppy, if we would have won her together, you for sure would have fucking dropped a couple times. Me too. But I would have dropped it, like, forward, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't totally. lose her this – like, you can't lose her that way. That's, like, falling off – although it's like the team picture in Aspen when the guy – when all you guys are on the couch, remember – Remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So, yeah, this is this is great. It's New Year's Eve. There's fucking forty of us in the photo. Now there's one long couch, and people are not only sitting on the couch, but they're also sitting up on top of the couch. So, you know, it's a tiered look. You get that camera guy going, ah, one here, do, do there, there, and fucking after the picture was done, everyone that was sitting down normally got up at once, and everyone on the back, sitting on the back, just went fucking ass over tea kettle. <laughs> I'm talking dresses up, off, purses just exploded. I I fucking fell back, did like a little backflip somersault. I was good to go. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was yeah, you didn't, you didn't miss a shift. You were right back out beat. There. No, I didn't even miss a beat. Not a chance. Um, yeah, so congrats to the Avalanche. Keep that party rocking, boys. We, we respect that at Missing Curfew. Our next segment brought to you by our good friends at DraftKings. Promo code Curfew Kings. NHL draft, baby. Uh, it was in Montreal. We were going to try to make it work. We, unfortunately, we couldn't do it. Um, I want to give a quick shout-out to two guys from Port Ontario, Owen Beck of the Mississauga Steelheads and Dylan Wakeley of the North Bay Battalion. Um, both guys are rumored to go high. Um, way to keep Port Hope on the map, boys. It won't be hard to get drafted higher than me. There is no longer eight rounds, so you got me beat. Uh, but up you, uh, any good draft stories or fuck, I wish we were in Montreal, to be honest with you. I kind of wish <laughs> oh, we were there. Totally, man. I know. I know. Tricky to get there from the mountains. Fuck. It's oh, a little tricky, uh, but listen, the draft is, you know, what these guys are going to get to experience is, uh, it's, I still remember it and I don't remember shit. So if, um, you know, they're going to go in, they're going to have a great time with their families. Uh, it's pretty, it, it, it's a pretty emotional day. Like, especially if, if these guys are all kind of pegged to be picked in the first round, you know, each time, that, you know, a GM steps up and makes that pick, um, you know, you're sitting on the edge of your seat, your parents are there beside you. I, I remember, um, I remember Rick Knickle, who was actually our head scout at the Rick time Knickle. in Nashville, <laughs> Rick, Knickle. Rick Knickle, you know, what Rick Knickle. Yeah, what yeah, is he's a the old goalie. He wants to come on the pod. I don't know what the fuck he's doing right now. But anyway, he, he was our head. Him. He was our head scout in Nashville, and he looked up at Jerry Joe, my agent at the time, who was sitting next to my parents, and he kind of nodded and said, "We're we're going with him." And I remember Jerry just immediately looking at me, and he's like, "You're you're up. You're you're getting picked. Nashville's your team." And I'm like, "Fuck! Wow, this is crazy." And then sure enough, a couple minutes later, they announce it, and. <laughs> My funny story from the, from the draft, it's at Air Canada Center at the time. It's in Toronto. Lupul's there. He gets drafted right after me to Anaheim. We see each other downstairs, like with our jerseys, doing all the pictures and shit. Well, when I came, when I came up from doing all this stuff, it took about two hours once you get drafted. You're signing a bunch of stuff downstairs. My, my family was up in our owner's box. They had a box there. This guy, Craig Leopold, was our owner at the time. He now owns Minnesota Wild. I come up there, and I have fucking my mom and dad aunts and uncles cousins buddies from home my brother of course and this place is there's 30 people in the in the suite and they're all just getting licked i mean the, <laughs> the waitresses are bringing over bottles there's wine there's fucking 
vodka sodas, there's beers. And so I'm 19, right? I'm 18. I was 19 on my, when I first signed the contract. So I was 18 and I'm like, fuck, I'm going to drink too. Like what? I'm legal in Alberta. There's no way I'm not going to have a beer. So I like, I, I just started, got drafted six overall. Yeah, pinned, so I'm crushing beers. And sure enough, Craig Leopold comes up into the suite and looks around and goes, what the fuck is going on in here? And like, <laughs> kind of gave me kind of like looked at me as in like, you're not allowed to fucking drink in here. I'm like, what? He's like, can like, we change our pick, please? Can we change you, our pick? Yeah, <laughs> do you know who you just picked in the family that I have? You don't think where these guys are going to come in here and absolutely throw a rager, you know? Cause I, I had half the section when my name got called. It was like, you know, a full section of Newfoundlanders and fucking my buddies from back home just going nuts. So anyway, like to say I got started off on the right foot with with the owner of the team there. So yeah, at least you, at least you do, <laughs> at least they knew what they're getting from day one. They're like, hey, at least we know totally. we're getting this guy doesn't he doesn't hide it. So um, I got to be honest with you. Besides Shane Wright, we were talking before we came on here. I don't know any. Well, the other Slovakian kid that they're saying might go first overall. But listen, your our boy, your boy Craig Button told me that. Uh, Shane Wright, he compared him to Patrice Bergeron. So if that's the case, I don't know what the fucking dilemma is here. That's a big, that's a big comparison. That's a big comparison. I've only watched Shane Wright play the little bit in in the, you know, world juniors before they canceled on the boys due to fucking COVID. I I question his skating up. I know you can get better at skating. Um, but if he's all around and you're getting compared to Patrice Bergeron, I mean, Wow, I think he's yeah, you, like. How do you not take? I guess you know from from what I've what I've read is is that some people question his give a fuck meter. That's one thing you could never question. You know, a uh, first overall pick. You hope you never question the give the you know the give a fuck meter. Whether whether Patrice Bergeron showed the same signs when he was a kid, he turned into an absolute beast. Let's beast. just let's just hope no matter what, like a good Canadian kid getting draft first overall. Ends up panning out and being a great pick. What well, we saw Lafreniere do this year in the playoffs was finally a, a, a sight for, you know, our, our first round pick from a couple of years ago stepping up and playing good in the playoffs. So he, he's single. He should be single. And B, if you get drafted first overall in Montreal, you better go have a night. All right. You just got drafted <laughs> first overall in Montreal. You could bang, uh, like, well, how old is he? 18? He could probably bang any, like, chick that's 30, the hottest girl in Montreal at night. Can he ups? Or is that just, am I living in a dream world thinking that if I went first overall in Montreal, you got to have a night, I don't mean, you? Yeah, you can. I know a sixth overall pick, I definitely had a good time. So. <laughs> okay, so, 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 pitch, okay. First, so rewind I mean, it, rewind it. Take it. Let's go back in the Mystic Curfew time machine, which I thought we, I wish we owned one. You get drafted sixth overall, the drafts in Montreal. Like, think about the night you would have had there. You would have been seeing the ball well. Hundred percent. I was. Wore I the, mean, you I might have wore the jersey the out. Province. Yeah, yeah. You might have wore the jersey out. I just that. Just a pair of nut huggers in the jersey. You would have wore out. Flow the curly <laughs> fucking blonde flow. Fuck. It was uh, I, the first suit I ever bought. Oh man. So mm-hmm. taking me back. Yeah. If it was in Montreal, I would have learned a little bit of my French, um, and been rocking and rolling. Put put yeah, my game you, face on. You would have. You would have done some damage. But uh, and to the guys, if anyone listening out there that's in the draft, if you go lower. I mean, listen, I went 250 over 50th overall. I should not have played one game and did all right. So it just it's an opportunity. Good luck to everyone out there. World juniors. I forgot about this. Princey put this in the rundown. Mm-hmm. Thanks, fella. Appreciate it. <laughs> They're playing the world juniors in the summer in Red Deer and Edmonton. Um, fuck up. It's in August, Princey. Yeah, it's coming. I don't have the exact date, but it's coming up in August here. So. I'm not going to be here. Or else I would go up with you up. So you can maybe go up and check out a game if you want. Yeah, I'll, I'm not I'll be, be having a baby at that time. But oh, yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
I'll represent um, missing curfew. Don't worry, fellas. I got Listen, I will say this. I will say as much chirping as I did last year, um, when they cut the tournament off after, you know, playing fucking five games, I kind of like the fact that there's going to be some hockey in August. Cause like, mm-hmm. this is like the dog days of, of sports. Like you get Wimbledon, we're going to get the British open. Um, so you get tennis, you get a little bit of the golf, but like, where the fuck is the, where there's real sports, like where you're like the team games, the big fucking playoff battles. And, Poppy, I don't know. This of- will be good. Yeah, you're right. Did you check the leaderboard at the John Deere Classic this week? Are you kidding? You want to talk about a snooze fest? There wasn't one guy on that leaderboard up here that I knew. I'm like, yeah, this is. Yeah, the PGA Tour is in a little bit of shambles. The old John Deere Classic. You heard it here first on Mr. Curfew when we said that. Um, I wanted to mention this to you, Uppy and Princey. Uh, I had Bill Daly on, and I asked him about the World Cup, and they're, they're, they're pretty much going to be doing it, and they're going to do it in February, Uppy, in two years, and that's when it's always going to be in February like the Olympics where the boys are in good shape and ready to rock. So that's, that's pretty, I want to see best on best sooner than later here. We hope so. And world cup of hockey is a great, it's a great tournament. The best of the best playing for their country um, with some good high stakes, you know, uh, you know, at the hands is, is awesome. So I can't imagine, wait to see like a, just the lineups you can build. Okay, right. Imagine seeing McKinnon, McDavid and McCarr no. on the ice at the same time. Good luck, fucking yeah, Czech Republic. Good luck, Czech Republic. <laughs> Germany. <laughs> Germany. Play the, they'll be playing the five back, not even the one three. They'll just be like, everyone stand in front of the net here and just make them come Yeah, out. it's the dream team. But then, like, who, who gets the – I mean, there's only one puck, though, right? So it's like, fuck. I know, and you're not going to be able to see it out there when they have it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to uh, World Cup, so Bill Daly make it happen. Um. That was uh, that was the NHL draft. Good luck to everyone out there. Presented by our good friends at DraftKings. Promo code Curfew Kings. Uh, Updog, we got some Stanley Cup odds. Speaking of DraftKings, you you did say it. The Avalanche are plus six hundred. The Lightning plus eight hundred. Hurricanes Rangers plus a thousand. And then some teams that I like here: the Panthers and the Golden Knights at plus twelve hundred with the Leafs and the Oilers. And then your Blues plus sixteen hundred. I don't know how they get this. I mean, fuck, there's not, we don't even know who there's going to be on their team. Can't bet yet. I mean, you can, <laughs> but you don't know yet. But you don't know anything right now. I mean, I, I know a guy that would hammer a bet right now on this um, with these odds on the Lightning because fuck, or, or on the Avalanche. I love because- right now. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. I love right now for some reason in my mind. I'm not, I'm not going to say it yet, but I love a Panthers Golden Knights final next year. I love Paul Maurice being hired by the Florida Panthers. I think they're going to make a Bill Seals going to make a little splash. Vegas, I'm worried about Robin Leonard, but other than that, they're motivated veteran pissed off hockey club. Like to me, that would be an epic Stanley Cup final next year, Obs. Yeah, I know you're right, Obs. And I think I think the Golden Knights are they're a team that fucking, you know what? They fucking fucked up this year. They have <laughs> they have all the tools. You fucked up. They fired they your coach. Fucked up. And now let's, you know, let's turn it around. Got to, got to get it back on. Princey, no love for your flames in there, buddy. What's going on? Where are they? They were, they were kind of floating around that. Oh yeah. 1600. 1600. My bad. Yeah. But again, it's, 
how do you put the flames there when you don't even know if their best player is coming back? I mean, to be perfectly honest, he's probably not coming back. So, I mean, those are some, those are some good odds on, on, on the flames, I guess, but I'm not putting anything on right now. I got to wait and see what's happened with these guys. It could be a complete shakeup or it could be the exact same team. I don't know. I'm trying not to panic here. Guys. Do you think Johnny hockey's like texting Maddie and being like, fella tip your hat to me here. Like they're offered me eight years at nine and a half bananas, but are you going to stay? What are you doing? You're an RFA. Are you going back to like, it's got to be such a hard decision for. It's a yeah. great. It's a great situation ups for him to be in. I've never. I couldn't imagine being the number one. I think Codger's the number one guy out there right now. But imagine being in that situation. But it's it's eight years of your life where you're like, are we in this together, Maddie? Or what are you thinking? Like, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, totally. Right. Like, I, I I agree. And yeah, and you do get one crack at this. And as a guy, I mean, you're going to hit the home run. But it's you know you you you're the certain type of player, right? Like. Goudreau is a certain type of player. He's got to fit into a team's like what they want to be like, like there is your message to be this like high, high flying fucking all offense, you know, or if you're going to pay a guy like that, is he a guy that's big, strong gets in battle? Like, I don't know. It's, it's gotta be, no, it seem like like he's a Lou Lamarillo guy. And Brad, and Brad tree living's been, Asking himself that same question for the last month and a half here, being like, yeah. do I want to give this kid the keys to the fucking saddle dome here or what? Like, <laughs> um, we got the rumor coming up in a bit. We'll get back in that because I want to dive in that with you boys. But NHL coaches, Jim Montgomery, talk about recycling again. Here we go. Jim Montgomery, I don't even know. It was, did he get fired for boozing ups or what 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 happened to this guy? Where did he get I fired? Like Jim Montgomery. Okay, and just you do. throw this out there, and so did all the blues. They okay. loved him on the bench. He was a good guy. He got a second chance. Um, he got yeah, a little listen, bit I'm of a, for he got a little bit of a pickle. He got a little <laughs> bit of a pickle there with the Dallas Stars. I think he was having too much fun in, in Minnesota. And that's neither here nor there now. What he You're did right. was what he did, what he did was he changed his image. And I think the 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 you know, proof is in the pudding. He was a great coach in Denver. Um, he had some good success in Dallas. You know, they went on to, to make the Stanley Cup final under bonus that year. He got, he got let go. So he had the right tools. Um, you know, Boston Bruins. I mean, it's a pretty great hockey club to be the head coach of. It's good you opportunity got some great, for him. You got some great players there. You know, Puppy, there's somebody behind you. <laughs> is there? <laughs> you just let, did you see that guy? Look like a caveman. It's it's K Wash. Oh, it's K Wash. It's K. <laughs> who actually who actually knows our guest coming up? So maybe there's going to be a slight uh, cameo yeah, experience yeah, yeah. in our next interview, which is going to be great. Oppie, you're right, bro. The, and and I was just joking, Jim. Listen, I I drank more than anyone when I played, so I, I was only joking about that. But it's a good opportunity for him on a team that I believe in. You know, Oppie still has a couple years left. Bergeron signs a one year deal. They need a second line center. We'll get in that in the rumor mill. I'm hit, I'm hearing Vinny Trocheck's name being thrown around a little bit. Um, so congratulations to him, Rick Bonus, our boy Bonesy. Uh, good luck in Winnipeg. I don't know. I love Bonesy. I love his hair. It's always what's that guy's character in um, Dodgeball? Ben Stiller plays um, White. Does look like a fucking White Goodman. Player. He's got the White Goodman flow going. <laughs> Three year deal, two and a half bananas. These coaches are happy. We should be coaching maybe, but I, I, I hope. Know. I wish. I wish Bonesy luck. I just don't know what Winnipeg's got left ups. Yeah. Or would you take two five to go up to Winnipeg? I couldn't live there. <laughs> Three five minimum. I I would I would not go up there and deal with that. Hold on, let me check the stock market today. Which probably take two five up. Oh, that's brisk fucking winters up there, boy. Sorry, all you Winnipeg listeners. This is not perfect up there. It's not going to help Bonesy's handicap. I'll tell you that. He's not going to be getting the swings in at Winnipeg unless he's got an indoor machine in his house. I guess you could buy a six you, house there. 
I told you the first practice I skating just laps around. I'm trying to go bar down. I was feeling pretty good. And he comes over and he's like, how's my boy O'Brien doing? I'm like, fuck, he's working on his golf game, Bonesy. <laughs> he's <good. clears throat> I love Bonesy. He was, yeah, he loved yeah, you too. I, I, I was a little immature still at the time, but the way, you know, he would go out of his way to talk to me and explain the situation, why I wasn't playing or what's going on. My, my, why my minutes are down. Like he's, so I, I wish him the best. And then uh, Derek Lalonde, is that how you say his name? Lalonde, yeah, Lalonde. Yeah. Another bald-headed coach. These bald-headed coaches getting hired everywhere. Officers just shaving their heads, <laughs> getting hired. But uh, this was Stevie's guy. I, I believe in Stevie Eisenman. If this guy is the guy Stevie thinks, I'm not arguing against Steve Eisenman. I can tell you that. Oh, and he has great success. And I think learning from John Cooper the last three years, you know, having three Stanley Cups. Well, not three Stanley Cups, but three Stanley Cup appearances. That experience alone is what these young kids in Detroit need. You know that, Obi. It's, you know, you got to be able to turn things around quick. Having a good winning coach with some experience helps that. Um, I don't know. Stevie, why? What, what a guy. Yeah. I, After I think, watching that, that unrivaled, yeah. I still think about unrivaled fucking all the time. What, what a flick. Just watching those guys battle. Yeah. That's I mean, I think, I think they're, I think he's going to have a big July 13th here, free agency for the Detroit Red Wings. I think, I don't know. I got a feeling they might make the playoffs next year. I don't know why I think that. I could be wrong. A couple assistant coaches, which I think me and you would be more assistant coach type of guys up. So you run the forwards, I run the D. You know, we don't want to be head coach because we got to go out and have dinners and drinks. We don't want to, <laughs> we don't want all the pressure on us. Your boy Mike Yo, Mike Yo is in Vancouver. And look at this. Craig McTavish was named assistant coach with the St. Louis Blues. And then my boy Brad Shaw, who came up with the nickname Six, is with Torts in Philadelphia. So a couple of the old boys getting the uh Assistant coach be a good gig. Yeah, it's a good gig. A lot of, lot of video. A lot of video. Uh, That's yeah. where the head coach doesn't really do the video. So That's assistant true. coaches, there's so much fucking video. Now, listen, I had every one of those coaches. I had Mike Yo as a head and an assistant in St. Louis. I had Craig McTavish at the Spangler Cup, but I loved him. I obviously grew up watching him. He was one of my favorite Oilers back in the day. And then I had um, Brad Shaw, who taught me how to PK ultimately stretched my career out like five years. Yeah, Shazi's smart so, guy, man. Shazi's a smart coach. I think that's a great, yeah, a great bring in by Torts. Yeah, Shazi, he looked like he could still play, especially when he was coaching me. Like he was like a good right hand D man, good hair. Shazi's always looking. He's a national leaguer. He's a national leaguer. Yeah, yeah. So congrats to those boys. Um, Updog, there was a trade in LA. Kevin Fiala. I was playing golf with you when this happened, and we saw the contract. You know what was it? Seven point. 7.8 bananas. He scored 32 goals last year. Um, 33 goals, sorry. Listen, LA needs scoring. I don't know if he's worth that much money, but he scored 33 goals. I guess that's... We'll see. He's young. He's young. 25. He's backing up the Brinks truck to Staples Center. That's fucking yeah. $56 million more than he was probably expecting to get before the start of last season. No kidding. So, so no good kidding. on him. I like when the kids are getting paid. I always yeah. thought he was a good player, but it's I, I don't know if he's the the guy you want to build your your team around. He's a good guy to like fill in and, and fit a spot, but is that worth eight million bucks? I don't know. Maybe it is now. Yeah, and, and they need some help scoring goals. We saw that in the playoffs that they have the structure. Now their biggest problem to me is goaltending, right? Jonathan Quick's got one year left. Quick he played great last year. Uh Cal Peterson, they're making five bananas a year. I don't know if he's the guy. They want him to be the guy and their back end. I mean, they gotta they need some help on that back end. Obviously, Dowdy will be back, but I think it's a good deal for both sides. I think this kid, Fiala, will help their scoring, but good for him. 7.8 bananas. So um, we talked about the Nick Paul deal. Brock Besser, speaking of good hair, three years. This kid is a good little bridge deal here, Oppie. Me and you have been talking about signing a three-year deal, see where the cap goes. 
This is a good one. Three years, 6.65 a year. I think it's a, a good deal for Brock. Uh, he was at, when he came in, Obi, my first training camp in, in Vancouver, the kid was sniping. No one, no one understood how well he shot the puck. That's why he kind of lit up the league that first year. He's needed to kind of find his game. He gets to play with Pedersen all the time. So you got to be, you know, you got to be ready to shoot the puck. Um, I think they've been kind of hard on him there. I think they've been like, you know, it's been a tough love relationship for him in Vancouver with the fans, with the coaches. Um, and you just hope like these deals that these kids get, it's still a lot of money, but you hope that they turn it into the fucking eight year deal that they deserve at the end of it. Yeah. And that's a fair point by you. And you could, you could throw me in there as people who's been hard on him. Cause I've been hard. On him. Um, but what you said about the way he shoots the puck, you can't teach that his release is top five in the league. up be top 10 for sure. Maybe top five. Um, I would like to see him play a little harder. I don't know if he has it in him. I don't know him personally. He has unbelievable hair, but like you said, you cannot teach a guy to shoot a hockey puck like that. So I think that's what's keeping him around in Vancouver. And you're right. They have been hard on him, so maybe he'll prove us wrong. So we'll, we'll, time will tell on that one. But um, Our next segment is brought to you by our good friends at Canadips, Lip Boomers, promo code Curfew Cali. It's the rumor mill up, dog. Our boy Scoopsy. Love you, miss you, Scoopsy. The rumor mill. Uh, JT Miller. I mean, this guy. This has been credit to the boys at fourth period. Leafs, Rangers, Islanders, Hurricanes. I wouldn't trade JT Miller if I'm Vancouver. I don't know about you, Uppy. Oh, he's talk Brock Besser. I'd much rather have JT Miller. The guy's been only getting better, mm-hmm. better and better. He's still young. Uh, he's strong. You can tell he's the leader there. The guy fucks to me. He's just, he's a legend. He's, <laughs> yeah, he, he plays, plays hard good, too. He plays, he plays hard. hard. So you, you can build your team around that type of guy. So anyway, I, I like that. I think. I think any one of those teams, you know, the Hurricanes, they haven't been able to really, you know, get past where they should. The Leafs, uh, there's no chance they can fit this guy in unless they trade like Nylander and another guy. Um, yeah. But Jake, uh, he is, he's a good hockey player. <laughs> I, I agree. I wouldn't let that guy go anywhere just yet. I think Vancouver's going to have a, a bounce back here. I think I think they're going to be a playoff team 100%. So then Alex Dabrinkit, I don't get why Chicago – I'm not trading this kid. I mean, you talk about goal scoring with Brock Bester, same kind of thing with him. I'm talking, I mean, why get rid of a guy that is just a pure goal scorer? I don't, I don't get it. He's young. Why can't he be part of the rebuild? My opinion. Then you ask yourself questions. What do they know that we don't? So I don't know. Maybe there's someone high up in Chicago that just understands his, his value is, is exponential right now. And that if we keep him over time, he's, And then Elliot Friedman says he's the team's interested in Debrinket or are the Flyers Devils cracking? I mean, imagine ending up in Seattle. Careful what you wish for there. Cracking, tough cracking in the old cracking world. Uh, my boy Mike Smith, Smitty. I, I text him. He never texts me back. Hey, big league me. I was just trying to get him on the pod. He big league me, Smitty. It's okay. I still love you. He, he's heading for long term IR. Lou Island. He's, they're putting him on the loophole program. Um, and then the Oilers are going for either Jack Campbell or Billy Huso. I think those are two good fits for Edmonton. They need to do something uppy. Uh, I think both of those guys could probably come in and do a good enough job, right? Yeah, they need it. So, you know, fit someone in. You can't have year after year with McDavid and Drysaddle and no goalie. It's just, it's fucking drives me nuts. So yeah. f- find a way to, to bring in a number one A and, and help, you know, that could have been the difference for them. <clears throat> I heard they're trying to make Duncan Keith shut her down too because they're, 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 they're in cap problem, right? So they're like, boys, all right, shut her down here. I don't know if Duncan just is ready to go back to the yeah, farm yeah, just yet totally. or whatever he does. Totally. 
And then this is for me, Nazem Kadri. This is the one on July 13th that I'm going to be. I think the Flyers, listen, Chuck Fletcher, I like Chucky. Uh, he's out of bullets. He hired Torch because he's out of bullets. That's his last move. He doesn't give a fuck if he overpays for Nazem Kadri. He needs to get back in the playoffs to save his job. Um, I think the Flyers make a push. Prince has got the Rangers down here. Uh, credit to Frank Cervelli. Um, I just think it feels like the Flyers to me up. And another team I think that should make a play at Kadri is the Carolina Hurricanes. Those are two. Yeah, those are two great picks. I think he belongs in the East. I think he's an Eastern type of player. I think he's got lots of hockey left. He deserves every fucking penny he's going to get. And having a Stanley Cup ring to go along with it is just, you know, icing on the cake, baby. Yeah, what a summer he's going to have. Eh? Besides, he's he having a summer. besides he can't golf because his thumb's all banged up, but he's just having a time. Fuck, that's okay. When you got that mug, you don't even care to golf. If I was just about to, if I just won the Stanley, I wouldn't even golf probably. I would just be going. Fuck no, I'd be up. still up. I've yeah. been, has it been a week? I, didn't, I hadn't been to bed yet, for sure. No, no. <clears throat> you would have been the last man standing. You would end up getting the cup by yourself because everyone else would have been fucking done and you'd be like, all right, boys. And you like go to pass to someone. You're like, fuck is everybody? <laughs> Um, Johnny Hockey, we talked about it a bit. I think Islanders, Prince, yeah. Yeah, well, is that what you're feeling up there? No, I don't know what to feel, guys. I think it's it's 50 50 at this point, right? You know, it, it's kind of sad that it's been what six, seven weeks now that they've been out, out since six, seven weeks since we did Fella Tour Alberta and nothing's happened yet. So I can't say if he's staying or he's going. The advantage that the Flames do have is they have that eight year, and it's been reported a couple of times that they've offered him nine and a half over eight years, like the eight year. So you got to go. If you think about that with other teams, other teams can offer him seven. So you're looking at around that 10.911 to get him out of there. So right now, Calgary does have the upper hand. I don't think it's a money thing. To be perfectly honest, I don't think it's a money thing. I think he's looking at Flyers, Islanders, because he wants to be close to his family, right? Like the Flames aren't a bad team. Um, so it's not like he doesn't want to be here for that reason. I think it's strictly a family thing right now. I don't know if money's a huge issue to him. I want him to stay, guys. That's that's my thing. I'm a Flames fan. You know I want him to stay. You know, if if Kadri goes to the Flyers, great. That's one team off the board. You know, I, I want him to to stay because he'll keep be able to keep Kachuk here, keep that core here. Uh, you know, it sucks. They had a bad they had a bad round against the Oilers. Marksman didn't show up, but they're still a good team. They're a good no quality kidding. team. Check on Fuckers. me next week. If I don't answer my phone, if he's gone, you know, I've wandered off in the woods to cry somewhere, but uh, we'll see, boys. We'll see. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what else I'd be asking. I'd be like, hey, are they building a new fucking barn or what? Or am I going to play the next nine years in this saddle dome here? And don't get me wrong. I hated playing in the saddle dome home and away. I hated it um, more as a flame than a road player. But <laughs> being at the game that day up, you got a sick tickets and we were right in the mix. And granted, it was the Bell of Alberta, but it has a great feel as a fan. I get that. But if I'm a player, and let's be honest, the Calgary winners are not perfect. I, I want a nice, shiny new barn here for the you know back half of my career. Like that's got to be something on his mind. Ups. I think single handedly that might be the reason he doesn't come back. Yeah. I mean, I, it <laughs> is. Yeah, it, it could, could be. be. I'm, yeah, I'm serious. Like, look at all these new rinks now. Like Edmonton did it. Like, it's just you continually go into that bad barn, outdoor parking. Fucking shitty room, no gym, no hot tub, ice tub, sauna, fuck. <laughs> Outdoor parking, it's true. It you come is, out, yeah. There's snow in your car. You gotta, you're like, look at this fucking shit here. I got to start it up. It's like, come on, I'm freezing. You got, the, you, know, bro, you got the thing out up. So you're like, hey. <laughs> you're I'm my life. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, bring on New York. Here we go. Or yeah. Florida. Yeah. Or LA. I mean, there's uh, so many places he can go. Uh, yeah. I think I really think he's going to go into Long Island, play with Barzell. They got a good captain there, Lee. I don't think Johnny Hockey's the guy to get you to, to jump on his back. 
but he's a good guy to come in, and I think the Islanders are a good fit for him. Uh, Updog, last but not least, uh, Vander Kane. I mean, I think a rumor is he's going to stay. He's got to stay, right? I mean, where the fuck else? He's got to go? stay. 13 yeah. goals in the playoffs. I mean, playing with McDavid. It, it, McDavid hasn't had a true goal scorer like that, a guy that can kind of give it, take it, and then, you know, score at will. Um, I think he deserves a contract by by Edmonton. He played great for them. Fucking, you know, almost killed yeah. a guy. Almost killed a guy in the playoffs. <laughs> Rick but. killed a guy. <laughs> Rick, you might want to hide out there for a bit. Uh, I saw that. Might be looking Rick for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Ups. I think he stays. But, um, you know, to all the guys out there, good luck. We obviously want to get paid. Updog, we will record our podcast next week after. Uh, we will know this time next year, so our next week, so we can come on, uh, complain, give some props, and maybe cry a little Absolutely. bit that we're, oh, that we're still not playing. So, uh, Updog, great job. Princey, thanks for sitting in. It's it's not in the studio, but whatever. We got her done, and she's the offseason. We got Rick Talkett, TNT, Stanley Cup champ, beauty, coming at you, Rick Talkett. Welcome back to Missing Curfew. Updog, a little change of venue. That a boy looking good. <laughs> looking good, fellas. The Wi Fi hey, better there or what? Buddy, the Wi Fi is good. I'm, I'm on Main Street, Aspen here. So you might have a couple uh, hotties walk by behind yeah. me here. So just give me a heads up. I give wouldn't me a heads mind. up. I got my head on a swivel here. It's like the fucking PK back in the day. I wouldn't mind that. And um, uh, we've talked about TNT a lot on this podcast. Up, We've loved everything they've done for a game. And we got uh, Rick Talk at Talks. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on Missing Curfew, buddy. Uh, how you doing? Good, man. I know uh, you guys asked me, I said, uh, you know, you guys asked me right away, but when you asked Gretz, I'll be blew him off. Eh? He was pretty sour <laughs> yeah. about that whole thing. He was sour. Talks, that was, uh. that was, talks, that was my bad. So he, so he just did chicklets and I was like, fuck, yeah, we got to get Gretzky, but maybe ask him to go a couple <laughs> weeks. So I, te- I text you on the TNT sound, the commercial. I'm like, I'm like, talks, tell 99 the boys are sorry. And you text back, he's like, 99 says you had your fucking chance. <laughs> yeah, we were out for dinner. And he goes, Dude, I asked, they asked me to go on. I said, sure. And they go, wow, maybe can, can you go on a month from now? So we started laughing. Man. That was hilarious. That was hey, he's, he has to understand TV now, right? Like, you can't just back up the interviews like that, you know? Wayno, you're too, you're too good. People want to want to hear you, but we got to spread you out. And then, yeah. <laughs> thankfully, I ran. The first guy I saw when I checked into that hotel in Edmonton was Wayno coming down the elevator. And he's like, come have a beer with me and talks in the lounge. I'm like, okay, so he's not that pissed off. This is pretty, this is pretty good. <laughs> no, no. He doesn't get mad at many people. I'll tell you that. Hey, by the way, talks, now that we got you on, thanks for coming on. We love you. We always, Obi and I talk about you a lot. We love what you're doing with TNT. How fun is the fucking sit-arounds before the dinners or having Gretz there? Um, you know, when you're just, you guys had a pretty all-star lineup in Edmonton. But just tell me about, like, those moments on the road here in the playoffs, what it was like with those boys. Yeah, Gretz is a big, like, uh, you know, happy hour dinner guy, right? And uh, so we, we do a lot of those things, and he's a great storyteller, you know. And you got when you got Biz there, Paul Coffey was around uh, that that trip, um, you know, our whole crew. It's a lot of fun, you know. Then uh, Keith Jones, one of probably the, one of the funniest guys in hockey, he's around. So, yeah, you have about 10, usually 10 guys for happy hour dinner just telling stories. So it's a lot of fun. It's a uh, it's like 35. I did, my liver needed a little rest for that. One. I'm kind of glad I'm away from the place. I'm here yeah, relaxing now, trying to get uh, get my life together. That, that was a good run for you guys. But how great was it just for TNT to have you guys both in Denver, in Edmonton, at the games? Obviously, with 99 going back to Edmonton, that was huge. But just 
having you guys there feeling the energy like i yeah. thought it made your production so much better talks yeah it's totally different than studio um the energy um just the whole experience um you feel actually i think it makes us better on tv when you feel the energy right sometimes you're in the studio which is great they do a hell of a job there but it's a little bit stale sometimes and we wanted that you know especially with covid and stuff everybody wanted a road trip to get in those finals you know um i thought it was terrific both crowds were incredible like colorado's fans were unreal um and then edmonton going there i know uh you know they, they got swept but those two games they were pretty loud too so two loud buildings was a lot of fun yeah and talks that uh, you were great all year the highlight in the western conference finals was, was after game one when you and gretzky are like is someone going to play defense here like i mean well, <laughs> i was watching that same game talks and i was with uppy i think or texting with them i'm like they can't play like this all series and you as an ex-coach and a player that's one of both ways you saw that right away yeah, I mean, listen, sometimes you're going to win those type of games. You have to. But what I was impressed, obviously, was the next game, how Bednar adjusted. I mean, they put a clinic on uh, the abs the next game, their neutral zone. They were terrific. Uh, Edmonton didn't get a sniff. So that's really what it comes down to is when, you, you know, a coach can adjust. Um, but, yeah, that game was wild, man. I remember, like, Colorado would be up 2-3, and then all of a sudden Colorado guy wouldn't. I know actually Biz was freaking out on Randon because he never got the puck in deep. And he's yelling, at, why is he dumping the puck? And so, yeah, we were all getting uh, fired up in that game. Uh, yeah. It was a 9-8. Um, yeah, it was, it was in, in Wayne Gretzky. I like, I like Gretz, right? He goes, if any guy, you know, something about you got to play defense, man. You got to play defense, you know? <laughs> a guy that just has, has the most points ever. But, yeah, yeah that was that was yeah. cool moment when he said that. Yeah. Here, yeah. Obi, here in Wayne, I think we were watching the game together, but hearing him say, like, you know, this has come from me. I'm, you know, pretty offensive player, actually best there ever was, but yeah, yeah. they're going to play some, de- they got to play some defense here. I mean, and pretty and epic. Wayne, I mean, and Wayne's not like, he's a pretty humble guy. Like he could say that, like, you know, some athletes do say it. I'm the best. I'm the, he very rarely says that, but that was the one moment he said, you know, I'm, I'm probably the most offensive guy that ever played. You got to play, but even I know you got to play defense. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. T- talks, take us back to the start because, you know, not only us, I missed a curfew, but I think you guys felt the love around the whole league with what you guys did at TNT. And, you know, you first time doing it. Biz is obviously a legend what he's doing great. Like, did you guys see this playing out this way? Or how was the whole season unfolding? Like, when did you start feeling real comfortable up there? And like, hey, we got something good going here, boys. I'd say about the second month, um, you know, TNT doesn't really want to prepare you too much. Like, they give us a few outlines, but they really surprise you. They don't want you. To, they want it off the cuff. Um, they want some hijinks, obviously. Um, and they want the bait. We started, I, I thought the show got better the second half because I think people want, like you guys, you guys, you're, you know, you're sure you guys kill it because you guys are not afraid to t- uh, tackle topics. You guys got debates, uh, you know, you guys argue about things, whoever your guests are. And I think that's what people want. Like we're just sitting there, it's basically sitting around happy hour with a bunch of guys and women arguing about sports. And I think that's the key. Um, you know, that, that's why I think the second half we started getting better because we got more, more debates. Talk. I want to ask you, like going from a player to coaching, um, you know, winning a cup, winning a cup as a coach, getting into this TNT and being around playoff games like like we were for me as an ex guy, uh, it, it brought me into the game again. and I missed it. I, I missed being in the ring. Tell me the difference in like now being kind of the responsibility of sharing what's going on during these games on TV to like the pressure as a coach or the pressure as a player. Yeah, great question, uh, Oppie. I try to I try to put myself in situations. Okay, what's Craig Rudy thinking are going to do here? You know, what's Bednar? How are they going to adjust? Like, I try to put my my 
coach's hat on, but I also try to be, you know, I, I got to give state my opinion without, I don't want, it's not going to be personal. I always, the TNT people ask me, are you, you're, you're not scared to say something that might affect maybe you getting back in the game as a coach. And I said, no, I'll never, I'll never make it personal with a player or a coach, but I will tell you what I believe. You know, if I believe the coach should have, you know, maybe he should have this guy on the ice or whatever, or, uh, you know, start this goalie. I'm not afraid to say that, but it'll never be personal. So that's the good thing. It keeps you to watch other coaches. And I've watched more hockey than ever. Usually you watch your own team when you're head coach. Yeah. Most of the time I watched a lot of different hockey, uh, hockey teams and different coaches, different styles. I talked to John Cooper quite a bit. I talked to Craig Ruby a lot, Travis Green. Those three, four guys are the guys I usually talk about uh, for head coaches in the league. Yeah, I talk. So I'm with you on that too. Since I got into this, I I watch more hockey than ever now, and I feel like I, I know the game almost more than I did when I played because I wasn't a big film guy. But you watch every game, you get a feel for the entire league kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's great, and and, and you like I said, you pick up little different things too. What what teams are doing? Like obviously Colorado's uh, ozone uh, plays. You know their weak side defenseman. He's they activate him so much. So I I watch that. So I have a little diary and I write little things I pick up from other teams. Uh, in case I get back into it. So, uh, yeah, learned a lot myself just by watching a lot of hockey this year. Hawks, I got to ask you about Barkley, man. Barkley was one of the reasons that I got – I wanted to do this when I was done. I I don't watch NBA hoops anymore, uh, but I still watch inside the NBA. And, like, I know your buddies with him and, like, big hockey fan. But do you bounce ideas off of him or, or, like, do you watch him and try to pick up – because I know I do myself. Yeah, those guys are, uh, uh, you know, Emmy Award winners, right? They're phenomenal. They've raised the bar. The way they do, the way Shaq's personality and, and, and Kenny Smith and, you know, uh, Charles, the way they, you know, just the way they all, their personalities, me- you know, they kind of mesh together, but they're all a little bit different. Yeah, Charles just really said to me, just, he, he wants you to be, he just said, talk, just be relaxed. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there um, and, and don't overpair yourself. Like, that's what he said. Don't have a bunch of notes in front of you because he thinks when you do that, you get a little bit stale. Yeah. Um, and, he's, you know, just have fun. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, Game's not brain surgery, right? But uh, and it's not, it actually has its serious moments. But we don't be afraid to even goof on yourself. So I, I think Charles. I mean, I've known him for thirty years. One of my closest friends, and he the way he's on the air is the way he's off the air. He's the man of the people. I mean, everybody stops him. He talks to everyone. He's a funny guy, and those guys have raised the bar. I mean, that's the way. That's I mean, I, I don't think we'll ever get there, but that's the bar you want to get is that NBA show. NBA show. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, have you t- you've obviously taken some cash off him. Although his swings looking the best I've ever seen it right now. He, it's it's kind of Smoothie Douglas right now. Talks he's hitting it good, isn't he? Well, he, I just talked to him the other day. He was actually uh, golf with uh, Tony Ro- Tony Romo, and he uh, so I was talking to him. He goes, he's putting a couple hundred grand on himself to be in, uh, the top seventy in that Tahoe tournament. So he put a <laughs> lot of money on himself. I think he was seventy third last year. Wow. And uh, it's funny. So he grabs the phone. And he goes, Hey, Romo, talk to my buddy. Talk. And Romo goes, Hey, talk. I, he probably doesn't even know I am, but he said, uh, he goes, do you think Charles can be the top semi at all? And I said, yeah, man, I played, I've played at Shadow Creek in um, Vegas with him a couple of times. He shot 82, 81. Um, I think he can do it. Um, I, I'm interested. I, I'm going to watch this weekend because I want to see Charles do it. I'm putting some money on Chuck too. I'm going on talks. I'm going on DraftKings. I'm putting some money on Chuck to fucking, what is it? Top 70. He can do that. Top 70. Yeah, I would. That's, it's a real good bet. I would do it. <laughs> hey, t- talk. And you're an old Philly guy too. Like, Bring me back to this, to Chuck, when he's like 25 in Philly, is he, was he just the same comedic guy, like in the media and what was he, 
You just because knew the guy had he had balls and he had character the whole time. He he was a great team guy. He had balls. He um, not afraid to say what you know. My my favorite Charles story is remember he got into trouble. He got in a fight in a bar, and the, uh, that's my favorite story. And the judge goes, "Okay, Mr. Barkley, do you, you regret anything?" You know, after this trial was over, he goes, "Yeah, I regret one thing because he threw the guy out the window right, on this bar." And uh, he goes, yeah, uh, your honor, I do regret it. I regret that the bar was on the second floor. And, I lost, I, and the, the judge, I think, actually kind of chuckled. But um, that's the sort of stuff Charles does, man. He's just he's, a, he's just an honest guy, you know. Hey, hey, talks. I wanted to ask you, like, you know, you won one as a player, obviously, or to, and, and, and as a coach. Like, what's the different feeling like? As a player, you see these guys, they go for war, they're banged up, they're playing with injuries. But as a coach, like mentally, you brought up John Cooper, like Coops is mentally just fried. Like, so what is, what are the emotions as a player to a coach or what's the biggest difference, I guess? Yeah, for sure, though, as a player, you're, you, you know, winning the cup is the ultimate as a player. You know, I, I won it twice with Pittsburgh, uh, three times with Pittsburgh, two as an assistant coach. You know, you, you, you know, you got a small part of it. You know, you, you're there and you, you help out. But listen, you still feel part of it. But I think when you're a player, when, you know, I don't care if you're a fourth liner or first liner, when you grab that cup, you feel like you've done something um, and you've contributed. So it's a huge, I hate to say it's a huge difference. It is from assistant coach to a player. It's a big difference. I still, I listen, I still got the ring. I'm not giving it back, but uh, being a, being a player, it's, it's so much better. OB. it's just, uh, you know, you're with the guys, you know, you're doing everything with the guys for, for the whole year, right? You're, you're practicing, there's pain, you know, there's, there's uh, there's tension in the room sometimes. There's highs and lows, and if you can get through all that and win the cup like Colorado did this year, you can see the joy in those guys' faces. All look at McKinnon. I mean, the guy's a kid in a candy store right now. You know, taking all that pressure to win the cup. So it's it's an incredible feeling. Uh, talk. You talked about Chief Craig Berube, who I yeah. love. I love more. Uh, the way he is, the way his sarcasm works behind the bench, the way he just his whole persona. I, I loved him in St. Louis. I had him in Philly. Um, <clears throat> there's a great, something I learned about chief when he took over from Mike Yo the year that St. Louis was bottom of the league was that he didn't take the head coach office at the game rink. Like he kept it empty. It wasn't his, he was, he was tight with his, with his D coach, Steve Ott. They still kept their same stalls. To me, that was like, he was a team guy. He didn't want to be above anyone. How happy were you for him when he achieved, you know, the greatness of a, of a head coach, Stanley cup winner? Yeah. She's one of my best friends. I love the guy. Um, he's really, um, he's refined his coaching. I, I mean, I, I think he's one of the best coaches in the league, obviously. Um, you know, he's the only coach to, to beat Colorado what, in the playoffs, right? Uh, the, um, I mean, other than Tampa Bay that, but uh, those two games um, had him up uh, two to one in the game six there late in the game. Um, what, what I think with Chief is he, he doesn't have that head coach on his head. He doesn't walk around like I'm the head coach. Everybody knows the head coach. Um, he's really good at, talk, like you said, talking to players. You know, you have different personalities. you got Tarasenko here. you got a Peron here. you got a younger, you know, Kairou. And he has a different approach with all these different guys. And the one thing you said, you know, Chief's an honest guy. He'll tell you the truth. Um, he'll have your back. And uh, if you compete, you're going to play. Like, that's the one thing with Chief. You can make mistakes, but if you compete, he'll put you on the ice. That's his big thing. If you're not competing, you're probably not going to see the ice that much. So um, that's probably why, you know, you probably love him. You know, he's a, he's a guy to compete. You're going to play. Yeah. And, and you know what, Talks? You, you nailed it on the head throughout that series. The adjustments the adjustments they made from game one to game two was the biggest adjustments I've seen a team give Colorado problems all year. The way St. Louis played in game two, and, I, and I, I'm like, oh, I text up because we had a ball of Camus on the Talks. I'm like, 
it's fucking on now. Like the adjustments he made yeah. in that game really like made me realize like this guy's a smart guy. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big like more than ever coaching OB is the neutral zone. You got to really take care of the neutral zone more than ever because you know look at the look at the star players. Everybody's got the speed for the neutral zone, um, and and what you know most teams score off the rush now. Um, yeah, Chief made the job. I remember talking to Chief the next uh, the off day, and uh, the F1 they were losing F1 on McCarr. Like McCarr is like he's a human highlight reel, right? So <laughs> what they did is they they stayed above him, right? They stayed above him. They made him pass the puck, and they got a piece of him. And, I, I know it's easier. It's easy, easy to say that to players, but I thought St. Louis that game too really executed that play. Um, they tried to. And I think McCarl had three or three points that series. Of all the series, he was kind of listen. He was still great. I thought he played great in the series, but I thought he, he wasn't as great as the other series because of I think St. Louis's style of trying to bump him, keep him off the blue line. Um, yeah, the, the, you're right. That adjustment was great by Chief and the staff. Their staff. Yeah. Hey, hey talks. You always talk. The updog. I'm like updog. Like the four check card. You like the four check card. Do you think you could have got a piece of a car or what? Do you think you could have got a piece of them? Or? <laughs> no, I need. I need like I need like guy like Uppy to like a duck call. They're gonna flush him out. Maybe I can hit him on the backside because no way I could chase that guy down. Maybe maybe if he didn't see me, if I cut him off at the net, maybe I'd have a chance. But hey, man, he's, uh, the way he opens up his hips, boys, it's like, are you kidding me? I, I it's impressive. Obviously, uh, the talk, way he talks talk. the blue line is incredible. I just love it. Talk. You had you just said this, but. And you coached this guy too, I think, Donor. But Donor and me, when we forechecked, it was like we were we were both going so fucking fast we should have slowed down. But he was either yelling at me like, get him around the net. And I would just try to like angle and he would just come in and have it. <laughs> working yeah, with the guy the like calls going, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just you both forecheck those posts. Yeah, you guys like you and Donor, man. That's why a lot of, I bet you a lot when you got you guys played against some D, they probably rim the puck a lot, right? You, yeah, you know, I mean, and then you set up your forecheck that way. Yeah, yeah, just totally plays well, I'll tell you about adjustments. I remember we played Washington in the finals. Uh, was consistent with uh, consistent with Pittsburgh, and uh, they were a heavy forechecking team. But I tell you what, after game one, we started rimming the pucks a bit a lot early in the game, and we caught them on some two on ones. You know, the deep pension they they oversold on the forecheck. But not to get off talk of topic, because I love oh. that stuff. It's okay to rim the puck every once in a while. I know nobody likes rimming the puck uh, nowadays. They don't want you to keep the puck, but I think sometimes rimming that puck, winning a battle along the wall, and catching them on a two-on-one is, is not a bad play sometimes. No, and by the way, Talks, if you do that to me early and I pinch and get caught, the next time you rim it, I'm probably not coming, right? So as yeah, you're winger, you're, you're, you're right? going to have time to make a play then. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I think that uh, – and that's why I'm a big wall guy. Like the wingers, if you can – you have at least three or four good wall wingers that can win those battles, it makes your life a lot easier in your defensive end. Yeah, talks. You know, we all we all love John Cooper. Just we've we've, we've yeah. all talked about Tampa, but you, a guy that that's wanted as a player, coach, just what they've did over the last three years with the bubble and COVID and this and that. Like it's the amount of hockey they played. Like they all just look mentally and physically done. You got to have the utmost respect for those boys. You know, I have a lot of respect for that whole franchise. Um, you know, they lost to Columbus four straight. What was it four years ago? You know, Coop. He he told you his job was on the line. Um, they, 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 they took up the summer to take a deep breath. They knew they had a great team. And then since that, you know, that moment of them saying, Hey, let's not overreact till now. I mean, they, you know, they're close to being a dynasty. So, and I think, uh, Coop is really his personality. He's got different guys, different star players. He doesn't get too rattling. You know, sometimes Tampa can lay some eggs, right? They don't play that well. It's happened this year and he doesn't overreact. That's what I like about Coop. He kind of understands his team. Um, 
you know, the obviously the X and O's, he's very good, but it's, it's the psychology of it. And I think he's done a terrific job and that franchise. Um, that's the model for franchise. So when Jeffrey Vinnick took over, he basically, you know, him and Eisenman, um, and then obviously Brisbane, um, have done a terrific job putting that, uh, putting that, uh, monster of a team together. Uh, and, and like, like Landis, Landis Cog said at the end of the, uh, I think when he got asked after they won, like, you know, it's a copycat league. How would you, you yeah. know, say team? And, and he basically said, well, I'd find yourself a Kale McCarr. Let's just be honest here. Tampa Bay found a Vasilevsky that has, that has been an absolute Hall of Fame goalie for them during this stretch run. And without these key players like that and Hedman and Kucherov, you know, you're, you just don't win those championships. You, you can't. When a goalie doesn't stand on his head, you know, the record he has after he loses one game in the playoffs, it being almost perfect in 20 games is, you know, so, so drafting, you know, being, having great leadership, having great coaches, and then, you know, finding the luck to win these Stanley cups year after year after year is it's special. Yeah. Uppy, I said this year, like, uh, I, I, you know, I said for me, Vasilevsky was on the Mount Rushmore of goaltending. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple of guys, they were, they were laughing because I, I was giving it to him early, but I, I didn't care. Like that guy is incredible. Like his, his, you know, Tampa Bay, can, you know, has been in, in the first period, not playing well. And Vasilevsky is, you know, kept them in the games. Um, he's done it for year out, year in, year out. And um, the guy, the guys, ice water, how about the games he's played? How many games he's played in the last four years? It's crazy. It's, crazy. it's nuts how many games he's played. And he doesn't get tired. So, yeah, he's a. He would have been, you know, he's probably in the last five years. You know, if there's if there's a hard trophy for five years altogether, you might have to give it to him for the last five years. I, I couldn't yeah. agree more. And he played so much. And I, I want to ask you about like because you looked at Coop behind the bench talks, and you talk about being calm and the heart rate. Like that's what he was. And and obviously the way you played the game. I loved it. Everyone loved it. But when you coached, is that something you had to, because as players, we know we feed off of you, right? If Tox is panicking and fucking throwing sticks, is that something you got to learn as a coach? Yeah, I've gotten better at that. I, I, I get rattled early in my career. Not rattled, but you get, you know, you're, you get upset too much. And you got to understand the players, man. It's a tough game. It's hard, right? Um, I, you know, I, the way I like, I try to coach now. I mean, it's hard, but it's, you're flying in a plane, the cockpit uh, doors open. And when you hit turbulence, right, the last thing you want to see is your pilot white knuckling, right? You want to see him relax, <laughs> having a coke relaxing, right? That's the same thing as a coach. If you watch Coop, you know, I think they were playing Toronto. They, they, Toronto scored two quick goals. You, they had the camera on him, and he was kind of calm behind the bench. Like, that's pretty cool. I think his players understand that uh, he's not a yelling streamer. Once in a while, he will, but he's a pretty calm guy. So you try to play that that pilot that's kind of calm during turbulence. Yeah, that's a yeah, great well, comparison. <laughs> well said. You don't want to see the pilot white knuckle at any points. Just like, <laughs> oh man, that's the same thing. You know, I've had coaches screaming and yelling first minute of the game, and you're like, man, it, it affects you, right? So yeah, you try not to do that T- shit. Talks without getting too much into it if you don't want to. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of you know you're great at TNT, but there's a lot of you know, head coaching spots. I I thought you'd be a great fit in Philly. Was was there anything that interests you to a certain extent? Are you happy where you are? Are you just taking your time and, and letting it play out, or how'd that process go for you? Yeah, I had a couple. I had about four or five interviews this year. A couple of uh, two went kind of the end, and uh, um, it, it went. You know, like I, I wasn't ready to leave TNT unless I had the perfect job. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I can't be picky. I'm not that type of guy. I shouldn't be because you know I've only been a head coach for five years in NHL. I just wanted to make sure that I was in the, the right situation to leave TNT. Uh, but I had some great interviews, great organizations. Uh, 
uh, just listening to some of the, you know, some of the, the GMs talking and stuff. It was fun. It was yeah. a lot of, and I did it last year. So I, I'm happy what I'm doing now. If there's, a, if there's ever a chance to rise with the right team, I'd love to do it. But right now it's, it's fun being on this side. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. And, and sorry, I'll be real quick. I just want to ask you. I, I love John Tortorella talks. You talk about that heart rate thing. Tort sometimes forgot that behind the bench, right? Because he would throw sticks and garbage cans. But he, he treated me like a man. I respect him as a as a Hall of Fame Philadelphia Flyer. You like the move? You think he can come in there and rile the Cajuns, get the boys going a bit? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think he's very uh, straightforward. You know, the thing with Torts, and, he, and he'll say it. He goes, he wants to surround himself with some good assistant coaches. You know, make sure he's got some X and O guys. You know, I, I don't know if Torts is a pure X and O guy. He's more of a motivator. He's more of a how to get the dressing right. Um, you know, he's he doesn't like the thing with people think Torts has all these rules. He doesn't have a lot of rules. No. You know, he he like people think oh, they, like I ask buddies of mine. Oh, does he does he have curfews and all? No, he doesn't care about that stuff. He wants you to have a good time. But when you hit that dressing, you hit that ice. You know, you're all as one. And I think that's something that he's really preached. I got to give a lot of credit because, uh, you know, I think he's, I think when he went to Columbus, you know, they were, you know, they weren't a really good franchise and he kind of got them in a relevant kind of a, a team again. So um, I think he's going to do well in Philadelphia. There's going to be some, listen, they're going to have some bumps in the road. I hope the fans don't go crazy and give them a chance <laughs> you know, because they can go crazy. Oh, they, they can, they can talks. One of my best, uh, I had such a great time playing hockey in front of my daughter in Philly last year for your, for your retirement or, you know, for the hall of fame. Ceremony yeah, yeah, you yeah. And Homer. yeah. It was, that was such a great experience. Just maybe just touch on Philly. Like they are, you know, you grew up there as a young kid. I was pretty young playing there. Lupul, Hartnell, we had a great team. Um, you know, how, what does it mean to be, you know, up in that ring of uh, ring of honor there in, in Philadelphia? A lot of fun. I mean, you know, seeing you guys, it was a blast. Uh, you got what you got? A couple of goals that game too. Right? I had a hattie, but I, I yeah, had a hat trick. My box. Right. My he third thought he was one getting went. the contract talks. He thought he was getting signed after. I saw you yelled to him. I said, "Man, the, the Flyers should be signing this guy." Like it was a <laughs> man of man against boys out there. But uh, yeah, all those guys you mentioned when you played with up, that's probably the the last when they were, the Flyers were good. It was a few years ago. Like, um, but they they um, that franchise and that uh, that city is a great. It's one of the best places to play. If you can somehow win there. Um, you win a Stanley Cup in that town. Um, I'm going to tell you, there's probably five million people at that parade. That that's how yeah. starved they want to win a Stanley Cup. They're a big hockey community, um, and they've hit the bumps. And I know they're trying to get the fan base back on their side again. But uh, you know the way it takes a couple of moves here and there. Hopefully, the goaltender plays well for them. Uh, you never know, right? Um, but it was a, it was a it was a great weekend, and you saw the gender different generations, right? The Bobby Clark yeah. and my generation. Then up your guys, like Lindros was there, um, you know, LeClaire, all those guys. So it was fun to see everybody, all those generations. How big of a legend, how big of a legend was Ed Snyder? Eddie was the best. Um, he was the he, best, yeah. I always say, like, uh, you know what, after a game as a player, uh, when, when an owner, I don't know if you guys played different teams with an owner coming down, but he used to come down quite, a, quite uh, down a lot, frankly. And he'd shake your hand after every game, win or lose, and if you lost the game and he, you know, you shake your hand and walk by, you felt bad for the guy. You go, man, I want to win for that guy. He's that type of owner. You felt bad when you lost because you let him down. So, um, and anything you needed, he would get you. Like that was, that's what the, the Flyers have no excuses. That's one thing that they'll do anything for your, for you as a, as a, a player. Uh, the family, if your family came in, they took care of your family. So yeah, that was Ed Snyder, family guy. 
Yeah, every, everybody that played for him says the same thing, ups and loops and the boys. And, and Talks, I wanted to ask you, we had Darren McCarty on last week. But we watched you Unrivaled on ESPN. And, like, you know, me and Uppy say our air was tougher. And then we look back to when you played and you guys were even tougher than us. But I guess my question is now, like, watching the game and, and the maybe lack of physicality, have you have you just accepted it and accepted that it's a fast-skilled game now? Or is there still part of you that's like, I know me, Talks. I miss those battles in front of the blue paint a little bit. I still think we need that in the game. Yeah, I'm with you. You can't take that out. Like, I'll be honest with you, um, you know, when I started coaching, especially the last four or five years, everybody thinks that, you know, I want fighting. I remember the, the, my Arizona team, I think it was my second year, or was it my second? I don't think we had a fight for, since Christmas. Like, there went four months. And I actually said to some of my buddies, I go, I actually don't want anybody to fight just to say Rick Tockett, coach team, never had a fight. Just uh, to make it a mockery, right? But uh, – no, I, I think that like there's a part of the game that needs fighting. Um, I, I, I think it's, you know, there's a, the odd time where it has to happen. Um, but you're right. The blue paint, the corner work, um, you, you can't take that stuff out of the game because all you're going to do is, uh, you know, my worst thing is watching an all-star game. I, I can't watch an all-star yeah. game. I don't oh. know about you guys. No. I don't care if it's in Vegas or in Dubai. Dubai, I don't, <laughs> I don't care where it is. It sucks. The, the, I hate to, I hope Gary doesn't get mad at me because I hate the all-star game. I don't even know how people pay to watch it. I know it's for sponsors, but it's boring, right? Yeah, it it's is. Boring. Yeah, we went this year. Uh, it, was, want, it was a letdown. Yeah. It was a letdown, right? I mean, it was tough to watch. I don't blame the guys, man. I don't, I, and I don't want them to go hundred miles an hour either, but it was, it was painful to watch. I just don't want the NHL to be an all-star game. Right. So you got to make sure you keep the, you know, you got to keep the physicality in this game. Yeah. I agree. Uh, talks, man. Uh, we got a little special guest. The updog's got a special guest for you here. How, how's your How's your golf game right now, Talks? Are you uh, How much you playing? Yeah, man? I'm, I'm a I'm a double digit. I'm like a ten or eleven. You know, I, I'm a. Yeah, right. I can put I mean, it together. Yeah. I'm, I'm a good partner in a, in, a, in a good game. Yeah, I'm a good partner. I can't I can't hold the the fort though. Hey, so boys, without inter- without any further ado, a friend of the pod who's been talked about a lot of this pod, <laughs> Washington K Wash. Hello, <laughs> this guy's a legend, boys. He's a legend, all right. Hey, 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 first of all, shout out to Mr. Curfew Crew and to Utah. Can't believe I'm getting a chance. And I heard you're coming on this. I said, Are you kidding me? I've got to come stay hello to them. I haven't talked to him. And it's like I go years without seeing you. But I mean, the, the, the week or two that we would have straight together back in 98 <laughs> in that 2001 train of grats in the Sherwood, and we call it the Sherwood Olympics. It was just pound workouts the last two, three years of his career, and then just go right to the golf and tennis and just, and then and just fill the cooler. <laughs> and just, and it's like, hey, how many Nassau's can be pressed? And you yes. get Dan involved, forget about it. But it's dead, you're a dead loser, but we all love it. Watch, can I tell the story? Remember out that one night? Remember that? Am I, allowed, am I allowed to say that once? You can tell any story. Oh, tell so we're, we're at this kind of, we're at Santa Monica. And I, I, I was, you know, I was riding this guy's coattails, right? A couple of guys. And we went in this bar. And uh, remember the girl, she was on uh, uh, Saving by the Bell. Amber. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tiffany so, Amber. So, oh, so yeah, I, I love like, her. I, I kind of had a crush yeah. on this girl. Hey, there's that uh, Timber Amber, whatever, Thesen's girl, right? And, Kay, and you know, Kay Wash is looking to where? Where is she? He has, has a drink. goes, I'll be right back. So he goes there. <laughs> he chats her up half an hour. He turns around. He gives us the OK sign. We don't see him 
thing. Next thing I know, he's dating her for the next six yeah, months. Yeah, he's, he's a legend. For about four or five months. And boy, I got it. She was saved by the bell, all right. She could ring that bell. If I had to tell you what she did, it's a trick she had up her sleeve. She even brought me into the new zone. <laughs> oh, that's and awesome. And I never knew what toys were for. I think we got to line up a little golf match here. Catch yeah. Her YouTube voice. But yeah. you talk, you're you 10, 12 by saying, yeah, we're, we're still. Or we're, hey, we're playing even, buddy. Well, hey, dude, anytime I see you, I mean, and that and at the poker table. Because we give him the uh, Toby Maguire story where I came back and flew off the plane with you, too. And you're, because you're original members of the Mollies game, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> that was a one, that was a one time deal. That's like, that, those are the big boys at KWASH. He's a, he uh, held his own, though. He held, you held your own there, man. Yeah, no, I, I had to step out once it started going to, for, you know, 500,000 hour buy-ins. <laughs> but I will tell you one thing. I did, I, I did put, I, I did rack up a nice cool Milski on the abs of the cup. <laughs> and I love, I, I love Cooper. It's one of the greatest hockey seasons of all time for me because Coach Coop's not really, you know, an investor in my company. And, you know, just dear friend for doing it and playing in Gosser with them. But I just ran the, I ran the gauntlet and I ran Valdeleski all the way through. And I just bet the series Tampa straight through, but they got that name on the avalanche where you just send it out. It just comes right down the chute and blows everybody through the mountain. And that's what they do when they, when, when, hey, K watch, when did you, when did you know that, uh, as you like, you knew that they were going to, I, 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 Halfway through the season, but I just laid the heat on every series. And then, you know, just really big series bets and then, you know, pick out here and there. But, yeah, they, I, I would have cleared at least a stick and a half on this. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, so and then and then I did the same on Tampa. So it was, a, you know, I picked up a couple sticks for the, the hockey playoffs. It's easy, easy good. Money. Yeah, easy money. Hey, yeah. that's, that's large sticks too. Double comma. Uh, hey, hey, to play backhand. I didn't have an idea how to play backhand. K Wash, we might be able to get talks out for for a round at Riv, maybe. Oh, eh, K Wash. Oh, oh, hey, does he ever come? Do you ever come back to LA now that Gretz moved to Florida? <laughs> it's been it's, it's been a while, man. It's been a while. Uh, I know. Like, I'm not far, man. I'm living in Vegas. But I'm talk, we got to get a weekend together or something. You know, buddy, I'm Gosser, in. Are you going to Gaza? Maybe we'll, talk, we'll get. I'll get your new number offline. But this bullshit and not seeing you for every three, four, three years. Or, yeah, I'll probably go up to see those guys. I, I usually make a trip up there. You know, you, yeah, you guys but, been up there? You guys been up there? Gosser, yeah, yeah, I love Gaza. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to try to go up sometime this month if I can because I'm I'm gone in August. But if we could make that work, that'd be unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I was talking to Shelly. He, he wants to me to come up. He goes, why don't we just go up for the member guests and not play? And just <laughs> I, I vote for that, K-Wash. I vote for that, bud. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, talk. Hey, and by, by the way, talk about that, uh, the core of these avalanche real quick. And do you think, I think they, how do they not have a real shot to pull a, uh, a Tampa uh, run with the with young guys locked up for three, four years? You mean Tampa or Colorado? Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. Like, like Tampa did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're there for a while. It'll, it'll interesting depend on the goalie, I think, boys, right? Like their goalie decision they make here for agency and then what happens with Kadri, but they do have their guys locked up. And they still have the the cheap. The one the one thing for me is uh their D, you know, Byron, who's I mean, I thought so good. terrific young kid. Like he's unbelievable, right? OB, like oh, you're, my you're God. a defenseman. 
I, I think their defense core, if they can keep that, you know, uh, together, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with the goaltender. Do they bring Kemper back? Uh, do they, you know, just flower? You know, there's rumors that flower might go there for a year, you know, um, you know, they're going to lose Kadri. that, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a chink in the armor there, but they'll pick up somebody. I, I don't think they have to worry about scoring goals when you have that back end. That back end is mobile. It's, it's dangerous. And yeah. I think that's why, uh, you know, Kevin, that's why you were just saying they're going to be dangerous yeah. in the couple, next two, three years. You know? Yeah, I just, I, I just, I mean, watching them this last half of the year and coming on, it was that just what a fun team to watch. And just, is, I mean, Brett said it really all on the car. It's just like this kid's like the best I've seen. I mean, period. And, I, and I'm talking to other coaches. They're, you know, I've been talking to other coaches. Like, their the bar is how do we, how do you beat Colorado, right? How, how do you beat them? Because if you want to win a cup, you're gonna have to probably go through them again. You know, Tampa probably. Toronto's hungry. I mean, um, you know, if they get a goal center, you know, there's a bunch of teams that uh, I think there's eight teams that legitimately have a champion chance next year. I really do. Yeah. Hey, talks. I only gave K wash one pick. It was opening night. I'm like, K wash hammer the lightning. They're at home. Banners coming down. I'm like, fucking hammer it. Pittsburgh beat up like four nothing. I'm like, I'm done yeah. for the year. K wash. I'm not yeah, going to yeah. anymore. That's a fucking true story, ladies and gentlemen. It's a real quick way to fucking piss me off. <laughs> he goes, hammer him. I'm like, first game out of the June 100K match bet. I'm like, fuck, okay. Loser, minus 180. That's actually 200, Ovi. You're done. Yeah. I was like, sorry, K wash. Hey, I'm just going to hey. keep my picks to myself. I went, I went to Vegas and I just sent Ovi my marker after he got scratched off. <laughs> <laughs> but I, actually, those. Actually, those those celebrate you know the celebration uh, nights, right? Sometimes they suck for the home teams. You got your skates on for about forty five minutes, and you, you got to stand there. Yeah, usually, the visiting teams in their yeah. locker room relaxing. Funny. So, talks. I'm not sure that's a good bet, Obi. No, Maybe that talks. That's exactly what happened. As soon as the puck dropped, I went, "Oh fuck!" Pittsburgh was humming, and Tampa was skating in mud. I'm like, "I'm in one here. Yeah. I need right. Vasilevsky to steal this." Celebration. Yeah, we didn't know. We never. Oh, never knew about this Just, just year end benders is all I knew. Hey, win or lose, the year end bender goes on. Um, well, we got to get together, boys. Yeah, this is great. Talk yeah, talks. Really great. Yeah, talk. You th talks. Thank you so much, buddy. Um, you're great for the game. You've been great to miss the curfew. Uh, let's try to tee it up, buddy. But thank you for taking the time. We know you're busy, so thanks, fella. No, anytime, man. I, listen, you guys. Hey, got let's get, I'll, I'll get your new number, talker. Shoot it around. What's that? Your current cell. Let me get your what? new cell, buddy. He wants to. He wants to take your money in the golf. Oh, so I can come fly and see you. He's got. Hey, K Wash is still ripped up. You're still ripped up, buddy. Oh, yeah. He's, up. he's ripped up. I, I drank two bottles of Costa Azul last night in a Pinot Noir yeah, here at the high altitude for the Independence Day. And they all had a bet, and I, I, did, I knocked out the Ute in 25 minutes. They had, they had a 28 bet. I went three minutes under. It's a mile straight up. So, not my best <laughs> so good. This guy's a lesson. <laughs> he used to wake up the night. I remember being on a bender a couple times with this guy the next morning, like working out. Like he's working out like it's you know 8 a.m. <laughs> he's a machine. He's three hours sleep. No, no, he's I'll tell you what. I, you should see his human, talks. Yeah. You should see his you should see his setup he's got at his house at Riv, his little hangover cure. He's got everything there. You oh, name it, he's got it. Yeah, but now talk, I'm coming in at 50 next year because you're gonna have to show up to one of those. It's a six-month party in seven countries, so I'll let you in on whatever parking point you can show up to. Yeah, whatever country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
But I got the hyperbaric chamber with Uppy going. <laughs> got that. We got the full 2.0 atmospheres, and now we go. Then we submerge in the cold plugs and the saunas, and then uh, we try to look at some young rods. <laughs> <laughs> Up dog. Um, thanks to Rick talking. He's a beauty, man. We, we love TNT. Uh, that was, I could have kept talking to him for longer. That's thanks to K wash for making an appearance that absolute beauty, but talks is so good for the game ups. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Uh, talks buddy. Since, since the season started, I think you and I said TNT is going to be the best thing to happen to hockey. What Rick talk, was able to do the growth of his experience on camera. You and me know what that's all about. Starting this podcast together. You doing your radio show with cools. It's not easy. And his experience from being the player to the coach, his, his championships he has, uh, and then his personality, man. Like, yeah. I want to talk Frosty with him because our boy Frosty and him are really, really tight. And when Frosty loves a guy so much like talks, you just know that he was a, he was a guy's guy. He yeah. was a guy you wanted to play for, play with. Um, and just a beauty. I can't wait to see it up with him. And our boy K-Wash, I, I can't tell you, he is one of a kind. I know we've spoke about him on the yeah. podcast. He loves us, what we're doing. He's a big fan. Um, so he's he's one bottle of Casa de Zul in. And we're Let's, going to a nice birthday dinner for our boy Cody tonight. So we should be having a good time. Tell K-Wash to fire up the bird. The boys are going to Gauzer, all right? Tell him to fire yeah, it up. <laughs> totally. hey, don't uh, you worry. He's fired up now. He, he, he's been waiting for this uh, little segment. I think we might have to bring him on every we, other month. He needs, to come, he needs to come into the studio. We do a full yeah. K-Wash show, like maybe, yeah. maybe before I head out to, for Europe. So, yeah, uh, he's Oppie, a thank, thank you for taking the time. And Aspen Princey, thank you for jumping in. Uh, it's not the studio, but hey, we got to give uh, we got to give the Mystic Curfew Beauties uh, a, a weekly show. So thank you, boys. Uppy, have a night. Princey fella, thank you. Next week, we'll be talking about how many bananas these boys are getting up, dog. Sounds good. That was Missing Curfew. Bella. Bella.